Hi, this is Michelle Karen De Silva and you're listening to the Unravel podcast, a place for women to engage, encourage and edify one another to passionately live out their purpose and destiny in Jesus Christ. So grab a cup of coffee as we chat about all that's raw and real, broken and beautiful, from faith to family, vocation to wardrobes and everything else in between that God is using of our stories to make his story known. Hello friends and welcome to Unravel. If this is your first time here, I'd like to notify you that Unravel is now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all major listening apps. Do subscribe to stay updated on all of the latest content. You can also visit my website michelledesilva.com which has multiple resources from blog articles to videos to bible studies and a whole lot more but now now to address what today is all about it's father's day and i'm sure your social media feed is filled with captions ranging from superheroes without caves to daddy's little girls and yet on this beautiful day even as we jest about dad jokes and our go to human ATMs i want to take a few moments friends to speak to those sisters for whom today father's day may not necessarily be one of celebration it may invoke deep painful memories or hurts of the past whatever be your situation sister i have got good news for you There's a blessing that awaits you at the end of this episode. So stay tuned to know more. In 2019, we had our annual youth conference that included an adoration on the last day. And we'd planned a couple of things, but on the last day, quite unexpectedly, the Holy Spirit put it in our hearts to invite youth to come forward, those who desired a parental hug. I was animating that conference along with a preacher from Malta. And I remember standing there just below the altar, you know, I was representing the spiritual mother and he was representing the spiritual father, and we invited youth to come forward. No words, no spiritual pep talk, just an embrace. And there I was as I stood there, my skeptical mind was racing, and I thought this sounds so silly, will they come forward? But to my shock, the youth came forward in large numbers. And as they were embraced, that hall was filled with loud sobs that manifested their deep ache for the love and affirmation we all desire in this life. And that memory, my friends, left a deep mark on my soul. I mean, there are days even today especially on days when i feel very down and out that i return to that moment of healing was a moment of deep healing and intimacy and we long for this affection don't we ever since we are very little we long for this affirmation and affection of our parents and i think especially fathers for us girls there's something so unique and so holy that only a father can bring to a home He's the visible image of one who cares and nourishes and protects and provides. A father's presence immediately brings us to a place of safety. And studies will tell us that ever since we are 4 years old, as little girls, we look to our dad 
as our hero. He's our hero. We wait for him to come home, and we wait for him to come to our piano recital, that football game, or that ballet class, or anything that's happening in school. We want to tell him stuff that's going on in our lives. And we love to imitate our heroes, our fathers. And we transmit, we transmit what we acquire from them. But then on the other hand, there's a reality that brings pain. You know, when fathers are absent and passive. In a fast-paced culture today, they don't have time for quality spending with, um, with their children. Sometimes they are there, physically present, but emotionally disconnected. Other times there are, there's abuse or there's verbal exchange of words very constantly at home, and there's a gap. There's a gap. And yes, it can be filled by, you know, your honorable coach or your favorite teacher or your best friend or your uncle, but a father's role is inseparable and unmatched to any role we will ever encounter in life. And so today, today on Father's Day, I don't know where you find yourself at. You know, maybe you're lost uh, thinking about, you know, things gone wrong. Or maybe you've lost your father uh, to the pandemic. Maybe you miss your dad during this lockdown. Maybe you've made some mistakes and you've walked away and you grieve the loss of that relationship that was once very beautiful and tender. And so I wanted to take some time today to speak to sisters and daughters uh, for whom this day, you know, as we say Father's Day, you know, might bring more pain than celebration because of their absence or their passivity or in some very tragic cases, even abuse. The deepest ache of our hearts, my dear sisters, is being that little girl before her daddy, loved and desirable and delighted in. And when that does not happen, the immediate response is pain and rejection. We just isolate. We just hide. Because that rejection brings deep wounds and it leaves deep scars. I remember one night waking up at 1 a.m. And it was so random because it's not even a time where I'm awake. But I woke up very randomly at 1 a.m. only to find a text popping on my phone, which I so believe was the Holy Spirit reaching out at that moment. And the text read, Michelle, my dad called me a devil. I hate him. I want to die. That girl then had you know, a trajectory of experiences in her life, but they started those tragic experiences of her life in the months to come began at home. And these experiences, you know, they greatly alter the way we see life and love and relationships. And they alter the way we see God. I remember once counseling a young girl who wanted to just end her life because of an abusive relationship with her father. He would cuss. He would beat up her mom. And he was very controlling. And she choked throughout as she relayed, you know, horrific details of her home. And what made it even worse was that her dad served in church, which made it very hard to see spiritual life as something that is inviting and transforming and liberating. She took on to various things like alcohol and, and smoking. Those were escape routes. 
escape routes because the place where she was was wounding and it was crippling. And I remember telling her, because it was so hard to convince someone who would have to go back to the same home where abuse was a part of her life every single day. But I remember this one thing that I said to her. I said, you know, there are some things we will never know fully on this side of eternity. It's like we see through tainted glass here and now. But we can always look to the one through whose scars we find our own wounds there. You know, and his scars reveal his love for us, but they also reveal that there's never been a moment in our life, however wounding it is, that he's not been present. And we see him there on the cross, outstretched arms, inviting us to a home that will never be like this, that is not like this. It's a home where we are seen, known, and loved at deep levels of our humanity. It's a home where we are understood like we need to be understood. It's a home where we're invited and accepted for who we are, not for what we do. Only Christ, my dear friends, can give us that home, fully, fully give us at home this side of eternity. Only Christ can heal us. Only Christ can help us to see differently. In my own life, I knew, you know, my dad loved me. He's my hero. You know, he's one of the most loving, affectionate men I've known in my life. He reminded me very often as I was growing up that I was beautiful and smart. He'd sometimes, you know, get very annoyed when I didn't trim my nails, so my hair was kind of like messed up. But my home, you know, was very broken growing up. And in spite of all these beautiful words, I grew up with a lot of insecurity and the fear of being rejected. I also grew up with a performance mentality. I was afraid of losing my father's affection. And so I tried ways to please him, but in vain. I would think if only I get some good grades, you know, then the pain of my home would disappear, but it didn't. And then I would think if only I didn't mess up, then my dad would love me more. He would be pleased with who I am. But I failed a lot. And that constant earning of love made me a very insecure woman. It led me to toxic relationships. It led me to stay in toxic relationships. It led me to do things to earn people's love and trust over and over again, even when I saw that they were not for me, that they didn't love me. Other times, because of the, the trust that was so fragmented inside, because of my insecurity, I trusted so little. Sometimes I trusted too much. I changed friends frequently and never really saw long-lasting friendships. Not until, of course, I came to the Lord in 2004. And that sense of fear and insecurity, that sense of losing my father, left a deep wound inside of me, and it eventually tainted the way I saw God. And that's my, you know, path of atheism, and then, you know, this constant, I would say, hiding behind the shackles of everything was, that was my reality behind the scene. But it's over the years, it's over the years following my conversion that I began to open my heart. And as I opened my heart, I saw my great need for healing and restoration by the fatherhood of God. 
but it began with me it began inward it was something inward it was an interior journey that only i could take in 2009 i remember there was a conflict in one of my friendships and we'd exchanged some very hurtful words and i was left heartbroken and very wounded but that situation led me to the scriptures i was you know as a new convert of course i was reading the bible but not really studying it not really contemplating on its mysteries but that situation led me to the scriptures and i began to diligently study the attributes of god and i was startled almost painfully shocked at the enormity of god's grace in his fatherhood i saw the father's footprints all over my life as i read the scriptures i looked back at my past and i saw that there was never a moment where my father was not present i saw him in those years as i lived godless and fatherless i saw him in those years of my rebellion and atheism the father the heavenly father was everywhere he had never left my side not once not once and that year i remember it was 2009 it turned out to be a year of the beginning of a lifelong journey of healing that continues to this day but it began with the fatherhood of god it began with a broken image i had of god as father and as that broken image of god began to heal i saw him as father and i saw myself in a way i'm meant to be seen beautiful and beloved beloved daughter loved and affirmed and approved without having to do anything to prove my worth and then something miraculous happened as a broken image of god's fatherhood was being healed i began to see my earthly father very differently i began to see him through the lens of compassion i saw a man who struggled just like me i saw a man who did his best who could offer the very best available within him through the pain and dysfunctionality of our home i saw his strength his tenacity his humility his patience i recalled moments he would lie next to me when i was sick and refuse to leave i remember the million times he forgave my rebellion without explanation i saw him struggle behind shadows i saw his silent tears you see i had i'd failed to see all of that you see that through the broken lens of love we cannot see all we can see is what we choose to see and that is pain and suffering and woundedness that brings insecurity but the love of god the love of god is a lens through which we see in a transforming way it's the only way we can see a broken world in a way it is meant to be seen this side of eternity the love of god is the only antidote to pain and the evil we encounter in this world there is no other way sisters there is no other melody to that abuse to that void that passivity to that emotional disconnect there is no other solution it is jesus it is the love of the father through the lens of brokenness we cannot see the goodness in our fathers through the lens of pain we lose sight of their stories they also have a story just like ours that is broken 
and fragmented. Sure, some wounds run deep, and I will not discount or make light, you know, tragic, you know, things like abuse, especially sexual abuse. I know it's easier said than done, but I can assure you one thing. In and through a relationship with our Heavenly Father, you can begin your journey to healing now. Now, not when you've sorted your scars out, but now, in and through them, leave the justice to God and let his mercy triumph and overtake your heart. You know, for me now, you know, years have passed by. It's 16 or 17 years since I came to the Lord. And it's very different now with my dad. You know, we're very, very much closer now. We are friends. We've shared some intimate details of our lives. You know, he's been able to now very vocally share his heart, you know, and sometimes he's not, um, he doesn't, you know, mince words. He's very vulnerable, and so am I. And now we have, you know, those conversations. I call them conversations of healing, conversations where we can now speak to one another of things gone wrong, you know, conversations that start with, if only I could have done this, Conversations that begin with, I hope I will be. And, you know, I say to him in return so many times, I know I wasn't a good daughter. And I'm sure you feel that too. But we have this moment now. In a single moment, love is greater than darkness. In a single moment of love, you know, can consume a thousand years gone wrong. That is the beauty and the power of God's love the power of the fatherhood of God. Love is a powerful antidote to pain, and love alone can heal our homes and our relationships. God's love alone can heal all things. You know, I have a teenage daughter, and um, she's growing fast, and um, that makes me think, oh my gosh, like I'm growing old. But I absolutely adore the relationship she has with Jensel, my husband. They are, what's the word, partners in crime <laughs> because they, they fight, they have their own code words, you know, they do things I have no knowledge of, they weep, they hug, they laugh, they do all of that. Sometimes they can do all of that at the same time. And I've made, you know, so many mistakes of coming and sort of intervening in their fights only to know that two minutes later, you know, they've ganged up again. So I try to stay away from, you know, those kind of disputes now. But Jensel, you know, my husband is, you know, a hardcore disciplinarian. You know, he doesn't look like that. People know him as someone who's very fun and very hilarious and very lighthearted. And he is, but he's also one who's kind of very, very high on discipline. And the fact that a teen absolutely dots a man who is very high on discipline will tell you, you know, that Jensel is a great father. But there are days I've seen when, you know, Kristen does something wrong and she's very much expecting, you know, punishment or a yelling. But Jensel just remains silent. He comes and sometimes he just pat her back or he'll give her an embrace or he'll just touch her head. And she's just absolutely awestruck. Like, how did that happen? And I think about how it is in the presence of our Heavenly Father Maybe you're listening to this right now and thinking, well, you know, all my life, all I got is yelling and condemnation. 
no embrace, no pat, no kind words. But think about right now, you and the Heavenly Father. Think about right now the story of the prodigal son. Maybe you find yourself in that story. And like the prodigal, all of us, you and I, you know, we've wandered off and we've taken off into rebellion. And we, you know, we expect that punishment that is due to us. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. But here's the thing. Here's the thing about the father who runs. You see, he waits to embrace us. He waits to run halfway to meet us. Unlike those who have hurt us and forced us down, he invites us in. In his presence, we don't have to explain ourselves. We don't have to fear his rejection. We don't have to put up speeches of explanation of where we were and what we did wrong. He sees you. He sees me. He sees all of us. He recognizes us, not with the eyes of the body, but with the inner eye of the heart. It is a gaze that says to you and to me, you are loved. I've always loved you. In all those years, I have carried you, and I'm still here. I'm still here because I still love you. I still love you. And how might it look differently this Father's Day, my dear sisters, if we came into the light of the fatherhood of God, if we came into his presence and we just looked at his face and we gazed upon the gaze that fixes his eyes on us, wanting to bless us, wanting to bless us, wanting to do nothing but bless us. I want to just end you know, with a remembrance of this beautiful song that stood out for me last year at the pandemic. You know, as the pandemic engulfed our lives, I remember seeing so many versions of this song on the virtual platform. It's called Blessing. And it was so paradoxical because all we saw was death. We saw so much of grief and we saw so much of darkness. And the skeptical mind can always reason and say, how can we find blessing at a time like this? But yet, yet we can and we will because of our Heavenly Father. This blessing also reminded me you know, of how Jensel blesses the kids even when they mess up. During that blessing, the memory of the mistakes is forgotten. All that matters is a father who blesses, who desires, who chooses to bless. Sisters, there's a blessing that awaits you that goes beyond your skills, your performance, or your intelligent, your intelligence. There is a blessing that awaits you regardless of your past. There is a blessing that awaits you regardless of your mistakes. It's a blessing that says to you, I delight in you. I possess a love for you that cannot be, that cannot be achieved by what you do because that love flows from the core of who you are that love flows from the core of my heart for you you are my beloved daughter and nothing in the world can change that and so today I invite you to celebrate Father's Day with expectant hope celebrate Father's Day with a choice a choice to know your Heavenly Father and to begin there because that is the right starting point. Celebrate Father's Day with a great awareness that the Heavenly Father waits to bless you regardless of how you see your life. 
He desires to bring good out of every situation, especially the painful ones. He is, he is faithful and you can always trust his integrity because he always keeps his word. Sister, you have this father's DNA deposited inside of you. And you know what that means? It means that you have the propensity to look and act and live like him. You can imitate him. You can model him. You can forgive like him. You can let go like him. You can heal like him. he does. You can heal the most harrowed parts of your story because he desires to heal you. And you can be a blessing like he blesses you. You can become a blessing this world needs. Perhaps your story at this moment may be one that is desperately needed by someone in this world desperate for a blessing. And my prayer is that you will begin today, here and now, here and now, and say, Heavenly Father, I return to you today. Happy Father's Day, sisters. I hope you have a great, great day. Friends, thank you so much for listening in. I just want to take a moment to remember and celebrate very specially our earthly fathers, our spiritual fathers, our stepfathers, elders who have been father figures to us, our priests who serve us, our Pope, and above all, our Heavenly Father. Together, together with one voice, let us acclaim that today is indeed a very happy day because it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everyone.